This is The Melting Pot on WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. It's where we learn about Arlington through what people eat. I'm your host, Mel Chang. Restaurants in this area seem to come and go. So it's fun to find a place that's been around for over 20 years, run by the same family and still loved by its customers. That's what interested me in Sushi Zen. Shoji Mochizuki and his wife, Rosie Gordon Mochizuki, opened their restaurant in the Lee Harrison Shopping Center in 1997. Their son, Brian, is now the general manager and oversees operations. Rosie and Brian joined me in the WERA studio to talk about the restaurant, sushi trends, and the challenge of offering raw fish to Arlington in the late 90s. Just before we found the place, you know, where we are now, there had been some people in California had eaten sushi and got, and they said they, got, they made them sick, and it was all over the news. And I'm telling my husband, are you sure we're going to want to do this? Because people think sushi is dangerous and yeah. poisonous. And, and I think then, I, I remember doing a count, and there's probably no more than around 20 rest, sushi restaurants in maybe the whole Washington, um, D.C., Maryland, Northern Virginia area. Now, if you go just 10-mile radius, there's probably 20, 30, maybe even 40. I don't know. They pop up more and more all the time, sushi restaurants. Yeah. You brought up the point about this sort of um, fear about sushi. Were people familiar with sushi when you guys opened? Or was it still like people were like, oh, no, I'm just going to get chicken teriyaki? Yeah, it was more like that. Or they knew, okay, California rope was probably safe. But I'm not having any of that raw stuff that eel stuff, no way, no way. What we ended up doing actually is on our menu, if it's fully cooked, we put a C. So I would say, okay, you're safe to eat anything that has a C on it. It's, uh, it's not okay. raw. Gotcha. So they'd start out that way. And then maybe I'd say, you know, you might want to just try one thing. And they go, oh, my gosh. And if I could get someone to eat eel, I said, just shut your eyes and don't even look at it. <laughs> just eat the eel. And they go, oh, yeah, I want that again. Yeah. So it was. it's a matter of when people come in, maybe they're hesitant. But our staff is amazing at explaining things and what's popular. And now it's like, you know, people will eat everything. Yeah. It's, it's a very well-known. So what brought you guys to Arlington itself? We spent time going around to various places, and we didn't really know what we were doing. My husband had had extensive training with top sushi chefs, so he knew how to make sushi. I had had marketing experience, but I know, knew nothing about running a business or how to create one. So I actually went to the Small Business Administration, and I took a number of courses for about six months. And, and then the broker looked at our finances and said, well, you got two choices. Either you're just going to open up a sushi bar with no kitchen, or you're going to find a place that was a restaurant before that has a kitchen, and it better have handicapped bathrooms, because you don't want to have to pay the money to do that. And we're going, oh boy, what are we going to do? Well, actually, I know what we're going to do. We're, we're Buddhists, we practice Nichiren Buddhism, and we chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. So we started really chanting, you know, we got to find a place, and it's got to have a kitchen, and it's got to have handicapped bathrooms, and it's got to be in an area that is economically like sushi. And so very short while later, he says, I got this place. It's not going to be there for long. Come and look. And it's where we are now. Oh, wow. And interestingly enough, it was a McDonald's in a shopping center. But about half a mile away, there was one of the regular McDonald's. Yeah. I don't know why they decided they wanted to do that, but I, they had a two-year lease with the landlord. 
Uh, it was an experiment. It just didn't work out. And so when it came available, we looked at it and we said, you know, McDonald's is not going to do cheap stuff in their kitchen. And, and they had two handicapped bathrooms. And so, but before we signed a lease, we did a demographic study. And we learned that in this area, it was one of the highest income areas in Arlington. Um, many of them had college education or postgrad education. There were a lot of um, military people worked at the Pentagon there. The thing that clinched it was about, oh, I don't know, less than two miles away, there was a very famous sushi restaurant that had to move when their landlord decided to put in an auto deal dealership. And so they moved away. So we knew that that was an area where that could support a really good Japanese restaurant. And so that's where we all, we signed up, and that's where we've been ever since. And Brian, how did you get roped into this? So I was in high school. I was uh, 15 at the time, and my father uh, needed help at the sushi bar. So he just said, you know, come to the restaurant. I'm going to teach you how to make sushi. And, you know, I would come on the weekends, you know, help him out. At that time when my father was teaching me, you know, sometimes with your son and parent relationship in the same business place can definitely be challenging. And, you know, at that time, my dad was very strict with me about, you know, how to make sushi. Um, usually when you're that age, you're not all there yet in terms of maturity and, you know, responsibility. But he really stressed the importance of making sushi, how serious you have to be when making sushi. And when you put the time and effort into learning it, you can really become a really good chef and make amazing sushi, you know, for our customers. And you started out with California rolls, is that right? Yes, actually, I did start out making a California. Actually, that California rolls were my favorite rolls to eat when the f restaurant first opened. And uh, every weekend, my mom or my dad would bring them home. But I'm telling you, after eating a couple hundred California <laughs> rolls, it's not really your favorite role anymore. But yes, I, I started uh, making rolls for several years. And then I started to learn, you know, how to make sushi nigiri, cut sashimi, then cut the fish itself, all the different recipes, mixing rice. You know, with making sushi, it's not just you can learn everything really fast. It's a really uh, art that takes time to really master. It takes a lot of practice doing it over and over again. Of course, you have to make a lot of mistakes, you know, but from those mistakes, you learn. I'm curious, did you grow up eating Japanese food and sushi? Oh, so growing up, no, I did not actually eat sushi. My father, he would make things at home for me, like gyoza, which is dumplings. And actually, I remember my sister and I, you know, we would make them together with him and then we would eat those. But uh, in terms of like sushi, um, I did not eat it until actually, you know, we opened up the restaurant. Okay. And then you probably started appreciating it more. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk about the demographics of your customers. You know, are you getting mostly people from the neighborhoods? Is it more of a like a seen as a family place or a neighborhood joint? Probably about half of our customers are regulars. A lot of them come from the local neighborhoods. Um, many, many of our customers have been coming to the restaurant, you know, since the day we opened. I've seen children when I first started working there. You know, they're little kids, but now they're all grown up. They're in college. You can really see from the grandparents to the mothers, fathers, and to the children, even grandchildren. So it's um, very diverse. You know, we do have the younger crowd that comes in as well. 
I think I read somewhere that you guys try to be very kid friendly. Oh, yes. um, my favorite time to go to your restaurant is at lunch when my kids are not with me. <laughs> so it's not a very large space. Does having the kids make you nervous? <laughs> N- no. Actually, both my children were very active, and taking them to any restaurant was a real challenge. And when we opened up our restaurant, my husband and my determination was that no parent or child would ever feel unwelcome. Mm. We never said anything. But interestingly enough, right up six months after we opened, we got a write-up in the Washingtonian magazine. And it talked about the family-friendly atmosphere. So that's something that is a great source of great pride and joy to us, that you know, parents feel very comfortable bringing their kids. So what if they make a mess, you know, or we can clean it up. Actually, I want to go into a little bit about what is the meaning of sushi zen. You know, you think zen, meditation, but it has a, that zen character has a different meaning. Um, The zen character that my husband chose, because I didn't know the difference, was dining table. And he said that's a time in Japan, whether it's lunch or dinner, the family, friends, neighbors, they'll come together to eat together, to share the day's happenings, just to be together and have great conversations. And so that was the thing that we wanted to create, that when people came into Sushi Zen, they would come in as our honored guests and actually would become members of our family. A lot of our um, customers have been with us since we opened. That's a long, long time. Yeah. But it's, it's really like friends coming in, you know, and some of them are almost like family members. And that's also how we treat our staff. We treat mm. them like, like family. And so we, have, we don't have a very high turnover rate at all. But I think that we, we treat people with respect and dignity and really appreciate what they do. How has your menu evolved since 1997? Or is it the same? You know, when we first opened up our menu was very, very simple. Even our a la carte sushi menu, it was only one page and it just, you know, had your basic sushi nigiri and maybe it had about, uh, I think maybe it was about like 20 rolls or so, something like that. But today, you know, we have a front and back sheet that's in small writing to be able to fit everything. We have like over 50 rolls. It's really evolved in terms of adding, you know, new rolls, uh, creative rolls, um, rolls that have different flavors because we want to give customers something new to try, different things, not just the same old, same old. Do you add different kinds of raw fish to the menu? Oh, so sometimes I have specialty fish. So I'll order a certain fish that we don't normally have and I'll feature it on our special menu, um, you know, just to try out um, new fish for the customers to try. Also, we um, at times, we'll make a specialty roll, and we'll feature it and have customers really try it. And if they like it, then we'll put it on the, the main menu. And another thing, too, is I've always been very much into good health and nutrition and healthy eating. But in the restaurant industry, when we first opened, there really wasn't much support for that. But over the years, as you know, the movement for organic, gluten-free, non-GMO has grown, our suppliers have added on items that have enabled us to make some really positive, healthy changes to our menu. We just decided that we were going to use premium ingredients. And this is something that Brian, you know, was really, really promoting and really felt strongly about. So we've got the top premium Japanese white rice 
and we got requests for brown rice for a long time. And when we did add on brown rice, we went with a, a really good company to have organic brown rice. We've got like non-GMO miso, we've got organic tofu, antibiotic-free chicken, certified Angus beef. And I think I read that you have also the tamari soy sauce that has no gluten, right? Right, right. And Brian, Brian found that. and then, But that was a matter of then changing our teriyaki sauce so it tasted the same. Right, right. Or, you know, that people would like it. I mean, yeah. my, my goal is to be 100% gluten-free, but the suppliers are not there yet. We want people to have a good experience and a healthy experience. and But that's really, really important to us. And I'm really excited, too, that the industry, food industry suppliers are moving in that direction. And we've been able to add on like organic lemonade and organic apple juice. And we've got an antioxidant drink that is totally healthy for you and other things in that area. And you always had the udon and teriyaki as options? Yes. Okay. Yes, we've always had. And tempura. And tempura, tempura. right, right, right. Right. Um, one of the changes we were able to make, though, was we use healthy rice bran oil for our tempura. And um, it's called Heart Healthy. And it tastes really good, too, and it's a very light oil. So again, you know, we're, we're looking into how can we make more things that are, say, gluten-free or non-GMO or organic. In order to learn about that, we go to food trade shows, and then I read a lot of the restaurant magazine articles. I get a ton of emails, and I'm always, you know, reading through those and then passing them on to Brian and saying, hey, you know, see what you can do with this. What's the most popular role right now? The three most popular roles... Um, are your classic California roll, spicy tuna roll, and shrimp tempura roll. Um, in terms of our specialty rolls, the most popular one is the cherry blossom roll. And so this roll, it has salmon avocado, and it's wrapped in tuna, and it's uh, topped with a spicy barbecue sauce, and then also tobiko or fish eggs are on top. Yeah. Did you create that? Yes, I did. Oh, wow. I created it last year for Cherry Blossom. Is there like certain rules about what a certain role or the way that nigiri has to be presented or how much leeway do you have in creating something? When I'm thinking of ideas for new roles, first I, I think to myself, how is this role going to taste before actually making it? So I'm envisioning, you know, having this tuna or this vegetable or this sauce and how is that going to taste together? And then I'll make up the role. You know, I'll taste it. Is it missing something? Do I need to add something? We hand it out to our employees, even, you know, give it to the customers to try. What do you think about this role? You know, feedback on it. And a lot of times it us, you know, add this. I, I think this flavor is too strong. Why don't you try this? And so that's really the process of creating a new role. Are there like certain ingredients that everyone starts using? Like eel, is that in your process too? Or how do you figure out what you want to do? Oh, yes. Yeah. So eel is very popular. Um, it's actually a very popular menu item. We do use eel in a couple of our rolls. Of course, tuna, uh, salmon, or yellowtail are our most popular. Yeah. Those three fishes go really well, you know, when making a roll. We need to talk about the sushi donut. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, people always ask me, how oh, did you come up with this idea? So actually, it was about two years ago, a friend shared with me a post on social media about a place out in Car uh, California that started making uh, sushi donuts. And then my friend asked me, can you make this? I want to try it. And at that time, there weren't any 
uh, sushi restaurants in the area, you know, making the sushi donut since it was a brand new thing. It was only in California at that time. And I responded, sure, I'll do my best to make it. And that's when I started to actually experiment on how to make a good sushi donut, you know, trying out which fish and ingredients would taste best. Um, I asked our customers to try our sushi donut, um, you know, to give feedback. I just went from there and, you know, sushi donut tastes really great. It's very flavorful. Can you tell us what the layers are? In the center of the donut, we actually put eel. Okay, and then on top of it, we put tuna salmon yellowtail, avocado, some fish eggs. Also, we put uh, spicy mayo sauce, and we put tempura crunchy flakes. Ah, and, that's you know, the crunch. And, you know, actually, when customers first order the sushi donut, a lot of them don't know how to eat it. And they're like, oh, can you cut it in half for me? Or they ask for a knife, and they try to cut into smaller pieces. But actually, when they do that, it ends up falling apart. And so, uh, you know, we tell them, just eat it like a normal donut. Just pick it up and just eat it. And actually, we put a piece of seaweed on the bottom of the donut, and Uh that actually keeps everything together. And so, actually, if you end up cutting it in half, you, you, you break that seaweed, and it begins to fall apart. But by having that seaweed on the bottom, and you just eat it, it all stays together. It doesn't yeah. fall apart. How adventurous would you say are your customers when it comes to trying, when, when going beyond salmon, tuna, and yellowtail? Like, do you have people ordering the raw scallops? Or I, I think you have mackerel on your menu Yes, we too. do. We do. Mackerel and raw, raw scallops are not, you know, of course, not as popular as like salmon, tuna, and yellowtail. Um, but we do have customers that come in every time. You know, they order their mackerel, their scallops. Um, both of these actually taste really, really good. Yeah. You know, for some customers, they think like mackerel is going to taste really fishy. Um, so they're kind of hesitant to try it. But it's actually not that fishy at all. Um, it's marinated in vinegar, and it, it actually really tastes quite good. Oh, it's marinated. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. So that. In, yeah, so they, they uh, marinate it in vinegar to get rid of that kind of strong fishy oh. taste. Okay. Um, you know, and also we encourage customers to try new things. Uh, for example, if a customer orders like tuna nigiri, you know, we ask them, have you ever had toro, which is the belly you know, of the tuna, and it's very oily, very flavorful, um, melts in your mouth. Or if they order uh, salmon, we offer them to try salmon belly, which is seared. And actually, I have to say that seared salmon belly is probably the best tasting sushi nigiri that we have. Um, Every single customer who's ever tried it is just like, wow, it's just so good. It just melts in your mouth. Another menu item that is adventurous is sea urchin or uni. Um, so Ooh, that's, I don't know if I've had that. Yeah, actually, a lot of our customers have not had it. Um, they're like, sea urchin, what's that? What's that going to taste like? It's really good. I've heard it being described as tasting like the sea without being fishy. Kind of like... Similar. What's the texture? So the texture, it's creamy. And it, it when you oh. eat it, it has this uh, kind of sweet aftertaste to it. Huh. Yes. Okay. So you have to give it a try. It's not try it. it's not fishy, you know, it tastes really good. Um it's really good for you. Are there trends in sushi? D- does the cuisine itself evolve? Oh yes, it does, definitely. Before it had to be like traditional. Yeah. And I remember like growing up working in the restaurant, my dad was always like, it has to be traditional. I remember I would uh, you know, try experiment with things and he'd be like, That's not that's not uh, real sushi, you know. You know, but the trends now that you're seeing are um, the sushi burrito, uh-huh. the sushi donut. I've seen uh, the sushi burger. 
Sushi pizza. Yeah, there's a uh, sushi pizza as well. Oh. Also, another thing that's really popular right now is the poke bowl. Yes. Um, you know, that's a Hawaiian dish. You know, you have like cube cut fish with rice and, you know, various vegetables. So that's actually the new trendy thing. Do you guys right have now. poke on the menu? Uh, no, we don't. But actually, I'm working on some. So there's actually this uh, customer, um, young young boy who... Um, was like, can you make me a poke bowl? Oh, and wow. so, yeah. So actually, that's something that's coming up that we're going to release on our new menu. Oh, fun. You guys do have sake on the menu, Yes, we right? do. I don't even know how to order that. Like, is it, are there different kinds? Is it better to get it hot or... Oh, oh. there's all many different kinds of sakes. Yes, yeah, so usually in winter... Hot sake is very, very popular in the summer. The colder sake is more popular. Um, in terms of pairing sushi with sake, first off, we have many different kinds. We have your ginjo sake, your daiginjo sake. Then we have organic sake. Oh. Then we also have your unfiltered sake, which is more sweet flavor. So there's uh, many different kinds of sake. In terms of pairing with sushi itself, usually a, a ginjo sake uh, pairs very well. It's clean tasting, it's slightly fruity with a medium body. Also, I highly recommend trying daiginjo sake. What, what's the difference? It comes down to how much is the rice polished when they actually make the sake itself. So when you make sake, you have to polish it. It's like you're taking off the top layers to bring out more flavor of the rice itself. Oh. So for instance, uh, ginjo sake, this tends to be milled down to 70% of the rice itself. So meaning that you know 30% of the rice has actually been polished from the rice itself. And then you have daiginjo sake, which is polished down to 50%. So you start with the grain of rice and then it's like 50% is polished away. So the more that you polish the rice, the more flavor actually comes out of the rice. You begin to actually taste like fruity flavors in the rice itself. Daiginjo sake, it's very smooth. I mean, it, you know, you have an expensive um, liquor you know, the more expensive, the better you know, it yeah, goes down, yeah, the smoother. And when you drink it, same thing with sake. Daiginjo sake, it goes down very smooth. It's very refreshing. Why do you guys think you guys are still around after 20 years? I feel like there's a lot of stories out there about restaurants opening and closing in Arlington, yet you guys have been able to be here for the long term. What do you attribute that to? I think, it. you know, a long time ago, we, we came up with the motto, um, Sushi Zen is Arlington's favorite neighborhood gathering place. And what we wanted to do was just to create a place where people would feel at home, would feel welcome, that they're coming as our guests, they're coming as members of our family. And especially, too, for those you know with, with children to feel really welcome at Sushi Zen. That, too, has something to do with our staff. They really, really are very warming and welcoming to the people that, that come in. And another reason is I think the determination behind the founders of a business is very important. That really filters down and through. Shoji is from Japan. He's a, an immigrant first generation from Japan. My grandparents came from Sweden, so I'm a mm. third generation immigrant. And Shoji always talked about wanting to have his own business, and he knew how to cook. He knew how to make sushi. In fact, I married him because he was such a good cook, <laughs> for other reasons, too. He always said, you know, America has given me so much. I've got two amazing children. I've got you. I, I'm able to do something in this country. I want to create a business that can employ other people and give other people a chance to really grow and develop. 
And so that's kind of the impetus on why did we do a sushi restaurant? You know, he knew how to make sushi. And, you know, it, it's definitely not based on my cooking ability, as Brian mm-hmm. will attest to. Yes. <laughs> not my thing. But um, Shoji, he'll just take simple ingredients and whip them together, and they're so, so good. So so what have you learned about Arlington in the 20 years, 20-plus years that you've been here? Well, number one, it's an amazing community to be part of. Um, people here are really concerned about each other. They're very civic-minded. Arlington has its growing pains, but still it retains in, because it's got these little neighborhoods and they've got their neighborhood boards and their neighborhood regulations. So it still retains a lot of that um, small community. And, and that's something you know that I really appreciate and really like. And plus, the people are just amazing. Wouldn't you agree with that, Brian? Oh, yeah. Our customers are great. You know, they're so friendly. Um, you know, we really get to know them. They get to know us. It really just feels like a family between the employees and our customers. And so that's something that I really value, and I think our customers really value as well. Lastly, I want to know what your comfort food is. Um, one of my favorites is the um, seared salmon. It's called a burry. And I just want to mention that we you make it with, I think it's a 1,400-degree blowtorch. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It gets hot, yes. It's, it's very hot because that kind of kind of melts in your mouth. Mm. Um, I, I, love, I love salmon. Mm. That's one of my favorite foods there. For me, you know, my comfort food in terms of sushi uh, has Or not to, sushi. It doesn't have to be sushi. Well, first off, it's tuna. I love tuna. Mm. Um, you know, also I love the salmon belly as well. Um, in terms of comfort food, like at home... I actually really like to eat dry fruits. Oh, yeah, really? like mangoes and apricots and blueberries and prunes and dates. Yeah, I, I love I love dry fruit. Oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess I really love salads. Oh, and salads, salads and steamed vegetables. Oh. So very healthy family yeah. you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and Rosie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you. I posted a link to Sushi Zen on my Facebook page, Arlington Melting Pot. You can find the archive of my show there, as well as on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, iTunes, and Twitter. Today's show featured the music Aim is True by Poddington Bear and Nothing to Lose by the Chromanauts. You've been listening to The Melting Pot on Radio Arlington. Have a good week. Never be-